Hi, I'm Susanna Keith, founder and CEO of Hello Career Guru, Inc. We so appreciate your listening to our podcast. Hello Career Guru is a company committed to helping all women advance professionally, no matter what age, background, income, geography, or race. Hello Career Guru offers women one unifying online platform for developing their personalized career game plan, which is powered by Executive C-Suite Insights. For this episode of our Hello Career Guru Salon, we have Rachel Tenenbaum, who is an amazing, powerful, neo-transformational coach, facilitator, and speaker. I am just, I'm so excited to be here with you today, Susanna, and I'm just thrilled to watch the evolution of Hello Career Guru. I know you have so much to offer so many women um, and so many individuals around the world. Oh, Rachel, thank you so much. We're so excited to make a difference out there in the world, just like you are. So let's get down to business and talk about the questions. So I know you worked in New York City and had an amazing job. What had you leave and start I Am Living, your company? Yeah. Um, you know, ever since I was a child, I wanted to do something that would make a contribution. When I was like six years old to eight, nine, ten, I wanted to be a pediatric oncologist. And I went and I interviewed a whole bunch of pediatric oncologists. As time unfolded, I realized I did not love the sciences. My favorite was physics, and that wasn't <laughs> going to be much of a help um, when it came to being a doctor. And so I wound up, you know, just kind of following a different path. I also had a, a horrible car accident when I was 18, and the car flipped three times. And in that moment, for me, it was there's something more that that you're meant to do, right? And I walked out of that car accident completely unscathed. I had some scratches, and um, but those that had seen the accident thought that, well, who's ever inside that car has to have died. And because there were, there were bystanders that came over afterwards when I popped out of the car and I, I ran onto um, the median because I, was, I smelled gas and I was worried it was gonna blow. But in that moment, there was something that said, there's something more, and I just, I went to college and I continued to down a path that made sense from a business perspective. And I had the idea of, okay, I'm going to start a foundation at one point, but in my late twenties, early, you know, late twenties, my father passed and it had me take a hard stop and look at my life and say, how am I living my life? And what's driving it? What I'm not super happy. And I have a great job, great title to anyone. It would be a dream job. And yet I was dissatisfied. And so I started to dig into my values and really look at how did I want to live my life? Um, and what I realized in that process is that we can create whatever life we desire. And when I left New York and I left my job, I had a couple of reactions, including, have you lost your marbles? That was from one of the owners of the company. And my response to him was, no, I think I found them. Um, and he's like, are you serious? Have you lost your marbles? And I was like, no, I, I think I found them. You know, it was a very intentional um, move and it took a while to really choose it. 
And as I did, everybody around me felt inspired and wanted to do the same and thought it was so brave. And for me, it didn't feel brave. It felt like what I needed to be doing. And I felt pulled towards it. And so I want to light other people up. Part of one of my, one of my values is lighting, other, lighting the way, right? And that's letting people up to realizing that they can live a life that they love, a life that harnesses their strength, that peels away all of the barriers that they've built up for themselves or that they feel like life is built up for them and live with intention. You know, and along the way, I've made some incredible discoveries to better understand how we operate as humans and how our brains work and what gets in the way of that. Um, so it's been an amazing journey. Rachel, what an inspiring journey you've had with your career. And I love that you're out there lighting up other people and helping them find their truth and their authenticity. That's a sign of a real leader. And so given that you like to light other people up, what lights you up about the work you're doing? Yeah. Uh, the people I work with, the people in the organizations, every day is unique. It's not the same. And it's truly incredible to be with amazing humans and organizations that care about the contribution that they're making to the world and understanding that when they expose vulnerabilities and they, you know, peel back those barriers, they have a greater capacity. I often say like I work with multifaceted individuals and organizations because I love working with individuals that are willing to claim that they're unique, that they're different, that you don't have to take a square and standard approach to life or to career, um, to your careers. And um, I also love when my clients are uncomfortable. <laughs> to me, that's the best. Because when they're uncomfortable, I know that that's, that's when change is happening. And I also know what's on the other side of that discomfort. And so when people are willing to dig in to be uncomfortable and to sit with it, to me, that is so huge and so rewarding and so much fun. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Rachel, it's all about, we got to figure out some way in our life to get some rewards. So that's, that's excellent. And sometimes we know you have to work hard and sometimes it hurts to move ahead. It does, absolutely. And, you know, another part of what I love that supports that, right, is I've been really diving into mindfulness and bringing mindfulness into organizations. And it's been so much fun because there are so many individuals that have these, this preconceived notion of what mindfulness actually is which it's just living intentionally in the present moment and conscious about the choices that you're making. And the more that individuals are being exposed to this, the more that they're realizing the potential for it to shift and to change their decisions and their reactions, what holds them back and what moves them forward and propels them forward. And so to bring that in, to watch people squirm with it in the beginning because they're uncomfortable with it um, and then realize how much, power and um, how much it really supports. That's also for me, that's a lot of fun. Oh, excellent. And that definitely comes through in your recent article for Forbes, where you talked about really mindfulness is a critical leadership skill. And that article was excellent. So thinking about that in our confirmation and our conversations, we talked about neurotransformation. What is that, Rachel? And how do you use that? So neurotransformation is a term from Be Above Leadership. It's one of the programs that I went through and studied with. Um, and it's a, it's a large part of what influences my work. And it's really understanding the brain and how it works, neuro, you know, brain-based level, 
And coaching is a phenomenal tool for creating for creating transformation, but this work specifically dives into a better understanding of the brain so that things are stickier, so that that change really sticks. So understanding that when somebody's in a state of chaos, how do you get them into a state of structure, right? You can't just go in from chaos to look at the bigger picture, right? Um, because that's already has them in a state of overwhelm. Um, there's too many pieces flying uh flying around. And so, okay, what's one thing that you can attend to in this moment, right? How do we step out of that state of chaos? And uh, understanding that when somebody's in a state of fear, what that does to the brain, how it creates a sense of contraction, right? And how you cannot innovate. You cannot think big picture. You cannot see them out of view when you are in a state of fear, right? So how do we shift from a state of fear into even just a state of courage, right? Courage is finally fear. I feel like is looking down and it's horse with blinders on and you're, or you're just peering from, you know, behind your fingers, right? right? Even leaders do this all the time, right? Leaders do this all the time and they're making this decision and it's, it is so myopic. And so being able to just slowly open courage is just, okay, I'm going to open this up a little bit, right? But then moving from courage into something which is engagement, having a conversation, let's really discuss this, right? You're no longer just focused on yourself and how this is going to impact you and your business, right? Now you're looking at the bigger picture and then you're moving from that into a state of innovation. You're beginning to create, right? Um, and that requires a lot of movement and a lot of shifting on a cognitive level. Oh, that's so exciting because I think, you know, for leaders to be able to move ahead, they really need that innovation in today's society and that creativity to solve problems. So I love how you talked about the visual of open, opening up and how critical that is to um, future female executives. So Rachel, to that end, what are you working on right now? So much. <laughs> Um, you know, if you had asked me this a week ago, it would have been a little bit different than, you know, what's unfolding in this moment. And so I'll, I'll share a couple of things. One, just on a very like bottom line level is looking at how critical it is to nurture ourselves, whether it's from a personal development perspective, you know, I used to think, oh, that's superfluous. Like I'll get to that later. That's not as important. I need to focus on developing my skill set and my brain and fill in the blank. Right. But when we truly take the time to get to know ourselves, what makes us tick, what nurtures us, we come from a place of inspiration. And the way that that catapults what we produce in the world is monumental. Right. Um, I used to, right. I used to think when I lived in New York, I was traveling one to two times a week. And, but I used to also have this underlying belief that, that dictated that when you are alone, there's something wrong with you, right? People that are loved are always out and about. They're always with people. And so when I had time alone, I wasn't enjoying it because I was viewing it through this lens that there was something fundamentally wrong with me because somebody wasn't available to hang out with me in, the, in my free moment. And I needed to be with friends in my free time. Otherwise, there was something wrong with me. And when I started to really do the work to get to know myself, I realized how much I enjoy time alone, how much that resets me. And so by not allowing that, I was draining myself even further because I didn't take the time to, at that point, get to know what it was that I actually needed. 
And for me, a hike in nature, which not as accessible in New York City, but I, you know, often went to the <laughs> went to the West Side Highway. That was, you know, when I truly started to get to know myself, I would do that, go to the West Side Highway and be by the water. But now for me, people often ask, like, oh, you go for hikes by yourself? That's so that's so weird. You know, I'm not, I could never go for a hike by myself. And for me, that resets me in a way that I come back in such a powerful way to innovate. And I have another, I have, another, I have a client who he feels he has the quirkiest and the weirdest um, pastimes, if you will. But when he actually allows himself to dig into them, what he garners from that and how it transforms his leadership and the things that he both comes back inspired and lit up and energized. And sometimes he takes things that he's gleaned from these quote unquote quirky pastimes and he blends it into his leadership and it is transformative and it is innovative and it is appreciated and is embraced. And so trusting that as we get to know ourselves, we can harness the best of us and that will um, will transform our leadership. So that's one thing that I am both working on and you know an article that I'm writing and something that I am cultivating uh, with others and working with more organizations, bringing mindfulness into their organizations, creating conscious mindfulness and leadership programs and how mindfulness underlies every single leadership development skill out there, whether we're talking about creative competencies, mitigating reactive tendencies, right? Whether we're looking at EQ, VUCA, right? Which is a big, big conversation right now, especially with the year that we've been through. You know, all of these strategic thinking, right? Being able to really look outside of the box and see big picture, all of this is supported by mindfulness. And so building out more of those programs, but as it attends to each individual and their needs or each individual organization and their needs. And um, lastly, collaborating with some amazing both individuals and organizations. So, you know, there's the collaboration with organizations to build something for them. And there's collaborating with a couple of individuals to put out some new events into the world that will support um, people one-on-one. Oh, Rachel, that sounds fantastic. So Rachel, you mentioned VUCA. What is that and how do you use it? Absolutely. So VUCA stands for, it's an acronym and it stands for volatile uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, right? And so when we look at this last year, it has been a year filled with volatility, filled with the sense of uncertainty, complexity, and it is also ambiguous, right? We don't quite know what's happening and it's not clear. So it's a little bit different than that uncertain. Yes, we don't know what's happening, but it's also there's certain things that are unclear. And so how do we navigate and how do we respond? How are we responsible in those times? Because those types of periods can hijack us and put us into that state of fear so that we aren't as creative, we aren't able to be strategically thinking. You know, there's a reactive tendency to do something, anything, versus if I just take a step back, this is uncomfortable. I'll be able to see what unfolds. I'll be able to be, again, like I say, more response-able versus reactive. Fantastic. So given that you mentioned COVID times, Rachel, these are tough times to connect. How have you been doing it? Yeah, it's, you know, connection is so critical. It's one of the things that we need as humans, right? Whether we acknowledge it or not, it's, part of what fills us up. And so I don't know what it was, but at the very start of COVID in March, I felt very pulled to 
offer a meditation, Sunday meditation session to people that I knew, right? And so I put it out there and I said, okay, we're going to do just a couple of meditations. I mean, nobody knew how long COVID was going to last. And so, you know, we all anticipated, oh, a couple of weeks, you know, until we get this under control. So it's like, okay, for a couple of weeks, I'm going to put a meditation um, community together. And it wasn't just a meditation community. It was intended, you know, from the understanding of what meditation does, it's one of the greatest supports. So not only does it support your brain and it supports stress levels, right? Um, but it also impacts your immunity, right? The immunoglobulin, which is the first line of defense against viruses. And so it's like, okay, this is the one thing that I can do that can attend to so much that's gonna support people. Nine months later, we're still going. <laughs> And it's a global community. And, you know, I've moved. There have been a massive car accident. Not my fault. Mindfulness was huge oh, yeah. in that moment um, from like saving our lives, quite literally, in terms of how is it be able to be responsible in that moment um, when I saw the car swerving around. But so many things have happened and I still have not skipped a Sunday. And so it has just been this community has grown and it has been such a gift um, to so many. And I I kind of just get to show up and facilitate it. And, but we come together, we reflect on a particular thought. I guide everyone through a meditation and then we have a conversation about it. And it's just a beautiful, rich community and the highlight of, I think, many of our weeks. So I'm very grateful for that. It's so important to be grateful right now, doesn't it, Rachel? Oh my God. It, you know, I feel like, there's so much talk about gratitude and so many people feel like that sounds nice, you know? And when I talk about magic pills in my work, I'm like there were three magic pills, right? Gratitude would be one of them. And it actually helps rewire the brain and it helps refocus. And on some of the most difficult days, it's the hardest to be grateful. And yet when we take that time, to say, I'm just going to write down three to five things that I'm grateful for. It shifts everything. And it makes us be aware that, okay, there was some shitty stuff that happened today, but there was also some, some beauty in the midst of it because our worlds are not binary. They're complex. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So Rachel, what is your vision and long-term goal for I am living? I think it, Part of what I've learned is that it will continue to evolve as a needy. And I would have never expected that I'd be spending so much energy and focus on mindfulness and leadership as I am. I knew I wanted to do leadership and work with organizations, but I did not anticipate this. And this is, was something separate that I was doing in my life for me, right? And I spent thousands of hours in that realm, but it wasn't something that I... I, I anticipated that I would bring in until I did a deeper dive into the brain and understood how pivotal it is, how critical it is to actually restructuring the brain. My vision for the next three, five, perhaps even longer, is to really harness the power that mindfulness has and the power of, of understanding our brains and bringing that into organizations to transform leadership, the way that individuals live and work, right? Because for me, and what's true is we can separate life and work, but they, they don't, they're not separate. We grow ourselves and our leadership and it transforms our lives. We live happier lives. It transforms our leadership and the work that we produce, 
right? They're, they're intertwined. And so fundamentally it is harnessing mindfulness and the brain. And from there, it's helping people collaborate, think outside the box and create innovative solutions to problems and see possibilities where they didn't exist before. Right. And I mean that from a bipartisan perspective where people are struggling to, you know, really drill down, have a conversation, but harnessing all these tools of understanding what happens, how we get flooded when we get overstressed and how we don't listen. Right. As a response and supporting collaboration so that we can take uh, our companies and our world to the next level. Oh, that's Rachel. That's such great, inspiring advice. So one last question. What advice would you give your younger self? Slow down. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I can tell you growing up, oh goodness, I had to know everything. I can still feel to this day, this tension that I felt and how I was freaking out about college. And so I just applied to one that I got into a great college, but I applied early because I just wanted to know and get into a college. And I, I was so scared of the unknown, right? So I didn't want to put a bunch out there. It's like, if you apply early, there is little likelihood that you would not get in. Great. Okay. I'll do that. Right. Instead of giving myself the opportunity to just slow down and explore and see what else was out there. When it came to my master's straight out of college, same thing. I was so worried that if I didn't get that specific masters that my entire life would forever be destroyed. <laughs> right. And there was two programs that I applied to. I was freaking out. I was driving hard. I had to get into both programs. I got into both programs and it's a phenomenal masters. I love it. It's a masters in the business of art. It's not what I do with my life. <laughs> right. And I drove so hard in a way that I feel I, in so many ways, traumatized my own self and my own body, right? Waking up at 4 a.m., answering emails and texts constantly. And to what end? Right? That's part of what I realized. It's like, I'm doing this to myself and I'm not, I'm selling jewelry at the end of the day, right? I worked for an amazing jewelry house and I was driving myself into an early grave for what purpose, right? If I'm going to do that, I might as well do it for a true contribution and, how about I not do that? And I make a true contribution. <laughs> right. That is just so helpful for our listeners, Rachel. And tell me, um, do you have any other ads or how can our audience find you as we wrap up? Yes. Uh, I want to layer onto what I just said and, and share. Oftentimes when we hear slow down, there's a, a strong resistance, at least for me, type A. And what I have learned and what I encourage is that as we slow down, we can speed up and do so much more. And so it's not a matter of slowing down just to slow down, right? But it's slowing down so that we can capture more information and we can see what's around us and we can see how we're being guided, if you will, um, and the gifts that are in front of us. But when we are so driven and focused, we, we again, it's this horse with blinders on. Um, and then an answer to how they can get in contact with me, they can find me in a number of ways. You can email me, rachel at iamliving.us. That's R-A-C-H-E-L at iamliving.us. You can also visit my website, www.iamliving.us. We'd also love to have each and every one of you join our Sunday community. It's 
such a welcoming community and it's become a family and families always bring new individuals who automatically become a part of it. So that's also under um, my website to sign up and you'll find that under the events tab called Calm and Connect. And then of course I'm on LinkedIn, Rachel-Tenenbaum and on Instagram at I am living coaching. So we're always putting out great content and tidbits and thoughts. So definitely follow us connect and let me know how I can support you. So we highly recommend everyone connecting with Rachel and Rachel, your insights from your career are so inspiring for all of our listeners. So thanks to all who are listening today to our podcast in closing. Hello career guru Inc is a company committed to helping all women advance professionally, no matter what age background income geography or race be sure to follow us on social media at Hello Career Guru and reach out to us at guru at hellocareerguru.com with any questions or suggestions for our future guru salon. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much, Susanna. It has been so much fun speaking with you. Thank you for having me.